Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Thursday, January 19th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri Governor Mike Parson has used his State of the State address to ask for $50 million for school safety grants. That follows last year's deadly shooting at Central Visual and Performing Arts High School in St. Louis. We want to ensure that preparedness and response can be repeated across our state if the unthinkable ever occurs again. Parsons' pledge comes one day after students returned to in-person learning at the school. The governor also used the address to renew his call to give state workers a pay hike. He wants the legislature to pass those raises by the 1st of March. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, the timeline was announced in yesterday's State of the State. Under Parsons' plan, all of Missouri state workers would see an 8.7 percent cost of living increase. Additionally, some workers within the Departments of Social Services, Corrections, Mental Health, and the Missouri Veterans Commission would earn an extra $2 an hour for working late or overnight shifts. While Parson had unveiled this plan earlier, the March 1st deadline is new, giving lawmakers around six weeks to pass it. Parson said the increase is necessary and the minimum the state must do. For anyone who can't already see the dire need for this action, We want to be clear. This is not state government setting the market. This is merely an attempt by state government to stay competitive with the market. Speaking after the address, House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid said the increase in worker pay was a good starting point. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. And Parson is also pushing for improvements to Interstate 70. He is pledging roughly $860 million to rebuild and widen that road, which runs 250 miles from St. Louis to Kansas City. In other news, Illinois' new assault weapons ban is facing several lawsuits. Gun control advocates say they remain confident the courts will rule in favor of the law. Ashby Beasley and her six-year-old son survived a mass shooting last year in Highland Park, Illinois, and she's been advocating for the ban ever since. We have gun bans at city, state, and federal levels all over the country, and those are also have also withstood scrutiny under the Second Amendment. So, I mean, there's precedent. Democratic state lawmakers from the Highland Park area say they have spent hundreds of hours making sure the law is constitutional. So far, three legal actions, including a federal lawsuit, have been filed challenging the ban. A man convicted of murder in St. Louis is hoping a new law will prompt a review that could get him out of prison. Witnesses against Christopher Dunn recanted their testimony, prompting a judge to conclude no jury would convict Dunn in the killing of a fellow teenager. But that judge found Missouri only allowed overturning unjust verdicts in the cases of people given the death penalty. Now, a new law permits circuit attorneys to petition to overturn wrongful convictions. And Dunn's lawyer, Kent Gibson, tells St. Louis on the air the city's circuit attorney is his client's only chance. We know from experience and just some of the problems with the criminal justice system in St. Louis, that he's far from the only innocent person that was convicted in St. Louis City the last 30 years or so. St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner's office is not commenting that new law also has convicted killer Lamar Johnson waiting for a decision on whether his case will be overturned. A St. Louis nonprofit wants Afghan and Syrian women refugees to learn more about how strong mental health can help them adjust to a new country. 
Oasis International is offering group therapy today to women who fled their homelands due to conflict. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. Afghan and Syrian women refugees can speak with local counselors about the trauma they experienced in their home countries before moving to the St. Louis region. Oasis International officials saw the need for therapy sessions after speaking with women who had horrific childhood or adult experiences in war-torn countries. Valerie Hayes is a counselor in the Parkway School District and a volunteer. She says many Afghan and Syrian women fear for their safety and that puts stress on their bodies. So often when someone experiences the amount of trauma that some of these women have experienced, hope is very hard for them to find because they're just trying to survive. The session also will include exercises to help women cope with trauma. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Stray Rescue of St. Louis says a break-in this week at its eventual new home is putting the building project behind by roughly $100,000. It will cost around $50,000 just to temporarily restore power. CEO Cassidy Caldwell says in a video posted to social media that copper, conduit, and communication wire were cut and stolen. The new 84,000-square-foot building for the animal rescue operation is on Bingham Avenue in South St. Louis. Missouri is home to more black walnut trees than any other place in the world. But this native nut does not get as much love as others you normally see in grocery stores and restaurants. From the podcast Hungry for Mo, Suzanne Hogan brings us stories of Missourians who are making sure black walnuts get their due. In Stockton, Missouri, crowds line the streets every fall to celebrate a nut. For six decades, Stockton's annual Black Walnut Festival has put on a parade, a 5K race, and even crowned a Black Walnut Queen. Bob Cruz is a Black Walnut superfan. He comes here every year. Black Walnuts? On ice cream, of course. Throw them in the ice cream, we need it. It's like a, it's like a Black Walnut shake. When you say walnut, most people tend to think about the English walnut, which are cultivated in orchards and end up in your salads or brownies. But the black walnut is native to North America, and it grows wild in Missouri and across the region. They're known for their distinctive taste, bold, floral, and earthy. They were even named Missouri's official state tree nut back in 1990. Missouri is really the hub of black walnut country. Brian Hammonds is the president of Hammonds Black Walnuts, which is based in Stockton. The company was started in 1946 by his grandfather, Ralph Hammonds, a grocer who bought a walnut cracking machine. And uh, did pretty well with it and looked around and decided, hey, there's a natural crop of black walnuts that happens every year and uh, there might be an opportunity here to uh, put together a little business. Hammonds operates about 200 hulling stations across the Midwest, where people can go out and collect this wild crop and get paid for what they bring in. It's all hand harvested. People pick them up in yards and fields, pastures, wherever they're growing, and uh, and they sell them. Uh, They find that that's a raw resource, uh, a natural gift of God every year. Every year, Hammonds brings in around 20 million pounds of raw black walnuts, the largest operation of its kind anywhere. Their nuts become snack mixes and oil and protein powder. Even the shells get used. For centuries, black walnuts have been a valuable natural resource, a source of food, medicine, and more for Native American tribes and homesteaders in this region. And black walnut lumber is one of Missouri's most important exports, a favorite of furniture makers. Yvette Ammerman is a forester for the Missouri Department of Conservation, and like many rural Missourians, she grew up surrounded by black walnuts. 
if you went to grandma's house on for Sunday dinner or anything, you would either be charged with picking up black walnuts out of the yard. Then if you sit down anywhere, you're going to get to crack black walnuts. Despite the black walnuts' importance to Missouri, both then and now, Yvette worries those traditions are being lost. I just don't know that the next generation will maybe be able to cherish or know exactly how much it took to be able to have a half pound of walnuts. Luckily, there are some Missourians working hard to make sure that doesn't happen. People like Jolene Durham. As a kid, she made pocket change from selling foraged black walnuts. Now, along with her husband, she runs Piney River Brewing Company in Bucyrus, Missouri. About a decade ago, they debuted a very special beer, a black walnut wheat ale. The way that the black walnuts come through in the beer, it is not astringent. You know, it takes a it has a very nice, pleasant flavor as well as aroma. And and it can be surprising to people. And the walnuts for the beer come from, of course, Hammond's full circle. The ale has become the brewery's signature beer and the perfect introduction to the black walnut itself. A new way to educate both Ozarkers and outsiders about the region's culture and the nature they might have taken for granted. We really tried to make that connection between the history of this place and the things that may be really unique to the Ozarks. The one thing that I would encourage everyone to do a little bit of, even if even if it's just a, a couple of bags or buckets, Go out and pick a few walnuts. Whether it's in your own backyard or deep in the forests of the Ozarks, black walnuts are there, waiting, connecting Missourians across the centuries. I'm Suzanne Hogan. Hungry for Mo is a production of KCUR in Kansas City. Support comes from the Missouri Humanities Council. Happy birthday to my wife. If I didn't mention that today, I likely would not be allowed back in the house. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.